the call options and stuff. I know a little bit about it, but hey, it's never too late to begin. I don't. I don't want to be that expert. Man, the sound sounds extra clear tonight. Doesn't interest me that much. No, I mean it does, but it's like cool. Yeah, but it's like eh. To each their own. Yeah. All right. It's just dirty. Let's get on into it, Mr. Hazenfield. I'm ready to go. Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. I'm your host or co-host, it depends, and I've got another host slash co-host. You're flattering me. Cole Hazenfield. You're flattering me. I'm Cole, your co-host slash co-host slash <laughs> podcast connoisseur. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here tonight, Hayden. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me on another exciting episode tonight. I'm feeling like this is going to be the best episode we have put together thus far. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna continually get better by the amount of time we put into it. That's yeah. what that's what I think. It's like practice, continual you know? progress. Hey, that's what we preach here at Unscripted Exchanges. As cliche as it sounds, we just do it, Nike. <laughs> If you want to, this is an old Nike shirt, but you guys could upgrade us with some swag. Hey, we've been in some uh, talks with some uh, local businesses. We're we're looking to uh, have a partnership or two. We're we're working our way up, but yeah, maybe Nike someday. You never know. Or as my coworkers call it, Nike. Nike. I've got okay. some coworkers that call it. It just bothers me so much. <laughs> They're like, you got some more Nike gear? I'm like, for the love, it's Nike. Nobody says Nike. Okay. <laughs> I know it's proud. But anyway, I digress. So let's get into it. I think uh, the results are in. We got some people telling us they want us to uh, keep chirping about finance. I like that voice you just did. <laughs> I don't know what kind of accent that was. Chirp, but... chirp, chirp. <laughs> <laughs> chirp, chirp, chirp. Okay, listen up. Chirp, chirp. Okay, I'm done. I think those last ones out. Yeah, I think uh, we got some feedback. Thank you guys for, for uh, engaging with us and uh, providing some positive feedback and giving us, you know, we've been asking over and over and again for, for you guys as an audience to, uh, you know, Talk to us. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and a lot of good, a lot of good results out of uh, our previous episode. We talked uh, about finances. You know, I think we talked about uh, buying a home, but leasing or buying a car, a few other kind of things, credit card stuff. Uh, and I think tonight we wanted to to kind of keep going down that hole mm -hmm. a little bit and get into some, you know, just some experience we've had with you know personal investing. Uh, you know, choosing any from that to choosing your own your healthcare plan. If you work for somebody, if you're working for yourself, we want to just you know give again a few more tips and do's and don'ts and and some information that we've picked up along the way. Amen to that, Cole. Do you want to uh, kick things off for us? Well, one of the, yeah, I'll pose a question to you, Hayden, so sure. you can you can run with this. Okay. So I mentioned personal. I mentioned personal investing and I, I i use the personal investing i don't even know if that's like a real term personal investing investing maybe but i'm saying personal investing because over the past what five years i think maybe less you've had like a huge boom in the the ability to invest in companies yourself and not use a financial you not have to be either an accredited investor or a financial advisor now you can get on you know, Robinhood and Webull and Truebill, and there's a f uh, tons of other apps and programs out there where you can go put five, ten, a hundred dollars, however much you want in, and actually buy into stocks. So I, I precursor that with, you know, understanding that it's the industry and the landscape has changed so much that now that we can invest money. So I guess my first question to you is, Hayden, what experience do you have with one or any of these? these new platforms and investing your own money outside of just what you put into like, let's say a retirement account. Yeah. Great question. So I have certainly learned a lot over the past uh, few years. And as you mentioned, there's more and more uh, platforms or exchanges out there where uh, any uh, person uh, can go and buy and sell, uh, you know, stocks or, or bonds. And there's, 
a relatively low commission or sometimes you don't have to pay any commissions whatsoever. And that's been the latest craze over the past couple of years. Robinhood, uh, I think, is one of the biggest ones. and They took it by storm. They, they sure did. I think, you know, five or so years ago, whenever they started, I'm sure some of the bigger uh, financial uh, firms were laughing at them like, what the heck? There's no way that this is going to end up being, you know, as great oh, as it 100%. is today, which is said about a lot of things. But anyhow, I would say that Robinhood um, has been very good to me um, in terms of uh, self-educating with personal uh, investing, as you mentioned there. Um, you should coin that if I think I no like one's that. taken that. I'm telling you. Yeah. I coined that, yeah. We should put those on T-shirts. Hashtag man. personal investing. <laughs> but yeah, I... Uh, have invested a decent amount on the Robinhood exchange outside of just some of the, um, you know, standard institutions. And then, as you mentioned, you know, with just a, a 401k um, or where I have like an actual um, broker or a financial advisor that's taking, again, a cut. Um, really, the biggest thing that I've learned by using like a Robinhood is saving money and not paying those additional fees because those fees add up or they oh, did yeah. in the past even if it was like a dollar 99 per you know transaction and you know let's say you have five thousand transactions you know that that can add up again i'm making up numbers there but it's not always how much you make but it's how much you save and then uh divest is that a word divest Diver- I think it diversify is. that money. You're diversifying your yeah, investments. Yeah, that's, that's the word that I'm looking for. I like divest. Hashtag divest. <laughs> We're making up words over here, but hey. Personal invest. Personally, <laughs> personal divesting. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's get this on some t-shirts. Put, put, the trail, put the train back on the tracks. Okay? <laughs> personal divesting. Anyhow, yeah, it's super important to understand, you know, where these hidden expenses um can be in the form of having a financial advisor or if you're paying for every transaction, which I think the latter for the most part has been kind of squashed uh, since Robinhood you know, shook up the market and a lot of the other big institutions have followed suit. Um, but if you are using a financial advisor, which don't interpret this incorrectly, that's, that's great. They are going to be taking a percentage or a cut because they have to make money too. But think about it this way. What if I kind of understood enough to do what I needed to do to help grow my money without having to pay someone else to do it? Like that compounds over time. Like if you're paying, let's say, you know, a couple thousand dollars a year, because I think that's probably average um, based on the average size of an investment portfolio Mm -hmm. uh, to a a stock uh, or a financial advisor, like you could use that money and then, yeah, invest it. And, you know, over the course of 10, 20 years, that could blossom to, you know, a really large amount. Um, And you're ultimately, yeah, saving yourself money and making yourself money in the process. So I guess where I'm going with all this is there's a lot to Mm -hmm. self-education instead of always expecting someone else to properly do what's best for you and that's not to say that that isn't right yeah you're not you're not saying financial you're not going no 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 financial advisors you're that's not what you're saying right but it definitely helps to know um some of the basics at least so you can do some of your own uh personal investing as you divesting (laughs) as you've coined um so yeah, those are my initial thoughts around that, but I'll, I'll kick it back to you to see what uh, you'd have to share for the uh, the audience. So yeah, my thoughts first off, I've had um, I've had some mixed relationships with Robinhood and crypt and and specifically, you know, I'm gonna get I could I could get on a rabbit hole with crypto as well, cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and cryptocurrency mm-hmm. trading, but I, I've I've had some really good investments some very lucrative investments i've also had some lessons learned investments that's why you're driving that lambo outside yeah, right? yeah. well dude i no, i brought the bentley tonight i, I left the lambo <laughs> at home uh i've had some i've had some ups and downs i know i'm i'm up i was up pretty big last year but one of the things that i loved about robin hood and just the ability to to choose those those investments myself was that I got to choose where my money went to 
and I got to do my own research. So one of the things that I think we we do as 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 people when it's out of sight, out of mind, mm-hmm. and I you know you could if you go and say I'm only going to use this financial advisor, which I 110 percent think there is a time there's a place for it financial advisors and for having that those people that know and do this for a living mm-hmm. and are very good at it help manage your money. Yep. But you also have to know what to expect out of that. You know, if you're going for slam dunks, if you're going for big, big, big returns, if you're going for high risk investments, you're not always going to find that. And there's a reason why a financial advisor is in place mm-hmm. to make sure you don't lose your money. Mm-hmm. They're in place to grow your money. They're paid to make sure you're growing your net worth, not losing your net worth. So understanding that, I I looked at at being able to say, okay, that that makes sense to me. But what I like to do, what I liked about uh, these personal investing platforms is that it lets you learn. And, and see where you're putting your money and also figure out, like, you could do it with, start with $5, $10. When I started investing on Robin, I think it was two and a half, three years ago, I started off really small. And I, I just dabbled in it. And I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy some of this, buy some of that. And then I kind of watch it climb, you know, 10%, 12%. This is great, right? I'm up 12%. I did it myself. Okay, I'm going to do a little bit more. And and I, I also got the the kind of, excite experience of some of these companies you go you go okay i'm gonna go read into this company i'm gonna learn about what they're doing and you also like learn a lot of cool stuff that's going on outside of just what you would have what you would have never known about if you were just funneling your money to a financial advisor and letting them handle it so what i like about that is a being able to to push my money where i want it to go Mm -hmm. and i've gotten better at it you know i've got my my returns have obviously gone up because i've I've dabbled in. I put more money in, and yep. a lot of the times when you start putting more money in the right things, your your returns are going to go up. Sure. Um, but I my experience with it has been very overall positive, and I do think there's a time and a place for it. But I think when you're if you're going to use any platform like that, um, you've got to know you've got to do a little bit of homework and you've got to educate yourself if you're going to put money into somewhere because at the end of the day, you are saving money on fees, but you're not, unless you've got a financial background and you follow the stock market like on, on a regular basis and you, you know, you buy reports or you you're constantly all over it. If you're a rookie, like I was, you've got to rely on diving into some of these companies, diving in these, like, you gotta be able to, you know, read, you know, read uh, earnings reports and stuff like that. So I got really deep into it for a little while, um, but overall, it was just a, a neat way to make decisions about my money and see that grow. But I, you know, I don't. Again, it's all about diversifying too. So you're gonna make some mistakes on there, and I think it makes it really easy to be able to diversify yourself and pick a few things that you think might take off. It's just a lot of fun to do too. It's just, you can't, for me, I don't use it as a end all be all. So if, if I'm down for a day, yeah, I've got some money in there, but it's not my, it's not my life savings. So it's, it would suck to lose, but it's, it's kind of extra money that I put in specifically knowing I could lose it. Right. There's so many different philosophies or strategies out there. You know, some of the experiences that we're voicing here aren't, you know, bulletproof. Um, I'm sure some of the success that we each have had, um, as well as some of the uh, downsides to, to personal financing, um, you know, we're, we're not going to get it right, but we're, we're, we're learning. We're, we're trying something new. Um, I would recommend to start small if you are going to go out and do something on your own, which I think you kind of were alluding to. Um, There are certainly plenty of uh, other alternatives to get some, you know, financial uh, background or information in terms of a company's performance, uh, you know, their outlook um, for the next few years. You can buy, yeah, some packages, which I guess you could also say is just replacing, you know, a financial advisor. Um, but you know, that's also another route that, you know, folks could look at doing, um, instead of just randomly going out and picking stocks. Now you could, but that's probably not the greatest strategy. Well, right. You don't just, I, again, I think the recommendation we're making is you can't, don't just pick a stock cause you like the name unless you just, I mean, 
you know. or do so, but it's probably not the greatest yeah, strategy. Like we you, might, you might get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you might get lucky, right? But um, I also think to that point, too, Hayden, thinking about uh, when you're investing on on a platform like this, mm-hmm. um, lost my train of thought. Oh, I will pick up where your train of thought might have been. I thought it was really good. Plus, I must not have been that good of a thought. That's all right. I'll come back to you. So when you talk about investing, are you in it for the short term, the long term? Does it just depend? What are your thoughts on long term versus short term investing? Well, it depends on what, what I want, like what I want out of it, right? So it depends on, you know, if I'm going and buying like blue chip stocks, mm-hmm. like Apple, you know, for GE, those kind of ones, the bigger, those are blue chip stocks. Those are pretty, and by blue chip, what I mean Mainstream, is, right? Mainstream established companies. You know, like a GE, odds are it's not going to get out of business anytime soon. They're going to have a pretty consistent fluctuation of the stocks that go up a little bit, it's going to come down a little bit, it's going to come back, it's, it's going to level out. You might get some good returns if they've got uh, some movement or some new stuff they're releasing, but blue chip, to me, are the safe stocks. If you've, all, if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yeah. He actually explains it really well in that blue chips, blue chip stocks are just a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Blue chip, in my opinion, blue chip stocks, those mainstream stocks, most of the time, are pretty safe. So you can you can go look at it that way, and then you go, okay, if I'm going to do a blue chip stock, that's kind of just like putting my money into a savings account mm-hmm. to a degree. I'm not saying it's 100% foolproof, but it's like putting my money in a savings account you kind of just leave it like there's no it's you're not gonna it's not gonna evaporate overnight <laughs> it's not gonna evaporate overnight and unless it's like tesla you know it's not gonna shoot up like 800 percent in like a day right it's not it's not gonna boom through the roof but you'll probably get like 20 percent return year over year and maybe 15 to 20 percent as long as the company's performing well so that's 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 like putting it in the savings and make a little bit of interest on it it's which like, is like what twenty or two hundred x compared to though putting your money in just a standard yeah, savings yeah. account? Yeah, <laughs> but, but I, what I meant by the savings comment was that it, to me, I look at those those investments as pretty safe bets. Yeah, conservative. You conserve those are to me those are conservative. Yep. Um. So you got those kind of, and you've got so those are a long term play. Like when I when I put money in, you know, I, I I consistently put money in Apple. When I put money in Apple. I'm not take. I'm not. I'm never looking at it to sell shares. I'm just mm-hmm. looking at it to buy it in. I believe in Apple as a company. I believe in their products, and I believe in that they're going to continue to grow steadily over time. So I put money in there. I always. I put money in there. You know, I buy a couple stocks a month. Nothing crazy, but those are. Just, I've been doing it for a couple of years now. A few years. So that's a long term. I'm going to keep buying it. Uh, that's a scheduled buy for me. What do they call that for any of the young investors where you're buying? you know, stocks at, you know, X price and then, you know, it gets higher or even lower. Isn't it? Uh, I'm blanking on the term Talk here. about an option? No, 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 no. Just repeatedly buying a given stock ticker Yeah. at different prices. There's a oh, fancy I know, word I can't, for I it. I what you're saying. I can't, I'm blanking on it. Shoot, term. we're dropping the ball over here, but I wanted Cole to throw out a fancy term, and I, I didn't know it either. That's why I was kind of setting him up to see if he could might, answer it for... It might come back to me. It might come back to me. I might throw it out later. I want to I want to say the word price shaving, but that's not it at all. <laughs> it's not price shaving. What is it? It'll come back to us. Okay. Anyhow, let's, let's get back so, on track. So... <laughs> I really want to know what it is now. Why did you do that? I'm to me? sorry, everyone. So I've got okay. So I look at it like long term. Um, I look at it okay, long term as in safer bets, right? Safety, safety vehicles. Then I go okay. Um, you've got your companies that are really like short term buys that you might have. You know, for me, I'm not as great about it as busy as I've been lately, but. I usually get on Twitter and I only follow like invest. There's some some people that are you know traders and investors and um, they might say, hey, this is something that's coming up. This company is releasing this. They crushed it in quarter three. Once their earnings reports come, they're going to be you know they're up eighty million. Sure. So, so buy it. So I might buy those. And those are kind of like usually those are a couple months out. So those are midterm. Um, those are higher returns. Usually you can get like fifty or sixty percent returns on those, but. Uh, again, those aren't super high risk. Those are 
can be pretty good. I mean, 56% of fucking smoking. Sorry, bad word, but I, was, I just said bad word because I'm used to saying it in my house. Oh, that's so terrible. You're in the mindset of that's, being around your children. That's dad going, bad word, bad word. <laughs> I say dumb if it goes bad word. Um, so there's, there's those, and then there's there are the super risky, uh, really don't know what term it is, investments. And, you know, by the way, I think crypto is a high good, risk. I think crypto is a... I'm going to throw a, a curve at you. I think certain crypto is a very low risk. I don't think Bitcoin's going away. I don't think Ethereum's going away. I think those are very safe investments. Do you know what they call those? What are you going to say? Well, it's all called, what, cryptocurrency, but they're also referred to as altcoins that are outside of Bitcoin, Ethereum. Well, and- Ethereum's a mainstream coin now. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is the epitome they started a lot in the silk road you know i was in bitcoin in like 2013 wow i had uh, ben circo shout out cloud nine we bought it when we were freshmen in co- uh, college and we were trying to convince my dad to like just dump all of his life savings into it he did he thought we were crazy you were a I'd, multi-billionaire i wish i'd have kept doing it yeah well i sold out because like this is right before we had my daughter so i made like eighteen hundred dollars because we bought it for i think 30 bucks and then it got to like 1500 or something i had i think i had like two of them and uh ben and i thought we'd made it man we thought yeah because i mean that's a huge increase and you're like and there's no way it's gonna keep going this was yeah they they actually was like during the uh i'm going on down a rabbit hole but this was when the they actually took it all the way to i can't remember what courts it was but they were voting on whether they should treat it as a currency or as an investment, like uh, so either it, they could recognize it as cash, yeah, basically cash, or if they would treat it as an investment. So Bitcoin, that's when they voted on it. It was I think 2013. Uh, they voted that it was like real estate, a real estate investment, basically is how they classified it. Mm-hmm. And that's when it started shooting back down. That's when we sold out. But um, I totally off the off the cusp there. But I think cryptocurrency again just. I think Bitcoin is 100% a safe bet. I think Ethereum is. I think there's definitely a lot of altcoins. Like, did you make any money on Dogecoin? I might have, but I mean, the answer is no. I do. Do I have Dogecoin? Yes. I've, I haven't sold it. So I have a different strategy, and maybe not a different strategy, but I don't have any investments that are short-term investments, okay. meaning I hold for at least a minimum of three years. Now, sure, I've maybe sold like one or two uh, stock tickers over the past couple of years that I didn't hold for longer than 12 months. Okay. But everything that I look to invest in, I'm going to keep around for at least three to five years. Okay. Again, that's just one strategy or philosophy right. it's, just, it's just how you do it. Yeah, that's what I prefer um and yeah i i've seen some pretty successful results and then yeah there's been some that haven't done so great but that's the great thing about you know time. holding yeah time is your biggest friend well and if you do the right research again and if you like if you understand the investment you're making like you said it, as long as you give it enough time it should come back right Something that I have been noodling on and it's something that you know a lot of people uh throw out there is to you just say you were noodling on it. Yeah, I was noodling on it. That's a term that we use in our workplace. Really? Yeah. I never heard that. Oh, really? I thought yeah. you were just giving me grief for using that word. No, oh. I've literally never. I'm I'm noodling right now on that. Wow. Anyways, a lot of people say, "Hey, I'm not going to invest in something that I don't know enough about." You know, stay away from stuff like that. And that really clicked with me for the longest time, and it's. Still kind of does, but I've been wrestling with it, I guess, instead of noodling. <laughs> I love that. I don't want to maybe miss out, and I guess you could say it's FOMO, but I'm smart enough to know if there's an opportunity to make money, maybe I should do some additional research. Maybe if I don't know every little thing, it's still all right for me to take a small position in something such as cryptocurrency or a specific altcoin um, even though I don't know all the details around it or NFTs as we've talked about on some of our earlier episodes, like I don't quite understand all the details, but I know there's a lot of, there's a good possibility that I could make good money. I just yeah. don't know really all the ins and the outs. And is it, you know, shame on me for not investing or do I play that safe bet of, well, I don't really know everything about it or enough. Like, just stay away from it. You gotta play your you gotta play your cards that you're dealt. You also gotta play to, to what you're comfortable with. I 
FOMO is like the biggest issue. Like most people have, I I've always had. I, I I with with investing specifically. Like if you start getting FOMO, like you got dangerous. It's right? very dangerous because you'll just then you start getting emotions get in the way of it, mm-hmm. and. And yeah, we've all dealt with it. Like I had FOMO with the GameStop stuff, so I jumped into it, and then it was the most stressful. Like when it popped again, it was the most stressful like <laughs> four days of my life because it was. I mean, it, literally, you're watching it every five seconds, like, and you're going, "Should I sell it now?" Should I sell what it now? exchange did you end up uh, purchasing? Robinhood. And were you like screwed over, like a lot of people were? With no. where they like froze people from selling? No, okay. no, no. This was. This Are you was still not, holding to this? This day. wasn't the first. Do you, round. Have, di- no. do you have diamond hands? No, uh. this wasn't. I should. Yeah. <laughs> no, this wasn't the first time. This was the. Uh, it popped. I knew some some people had a lot of money on it, and then I was like, okay, I saw it drop down to like forty bucks, and I got a text message, which I'm not going to name drop on here, but I got a text saying you should buy GameStop. It's going back up again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, I'm positive it's gonna go back up. I was like, okay. okay. So I bought it like 47 bucks, and it shot up by the end of the day, like 4:45 before the market closed. It was like 165 dollars. I bought like quite a bit of it. Okay. And I was like, do I sell? Do I sell? Do right. I sell? And he's like, no, hold it. I woke up the next morning. It was like the 37 dollars, and I was like. I was freaking out. I was like, just hold it, hold it, hold it. It went up and down with like a hundred dollar swing for like three days. Yeah, I I was I was trying to work. I'm like checking my phone every five minutes. Like five minutes is probably like a stretch. Like every two minutes, I'm like I get all the ner- notifications. I finally set a sell alert for 110 bucks. I said if it gets below 110 again, it just automatically sell. Yeah. Um. So I ended up selling it, but that was stressful for me. That was very stressful. Um, but I think the point I was getting to is, again, the FOMO thing, Hayden, 100%. I agree. Like, FOMO is super dangerous when investing. Mm-hmm. And also, like, if are you having... Like, I having, mean, what you just described there is kind of FOMO, right? I did it. <laughs> yeah. and it was super dangerous. Yeah. Like, I'll never do it again. Yeah. Like, I made a lot of money, but it was not worth well, it. Well, the thing is, it wasn't was it stress. really not worth it? Because you just made a whole bunch of money and, and you were stressed out for what? A, a week? Dude, it was so, it was just so stressful and honestly, like, so risky. Because it really, I really didn't know, like, why he was. <laughs> you he, didn't really know what was going on. No, was so, <laughs> but hey, you ended it, up making it money. It was so risky. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that you're like, what? For anyone out there listening, we are not experts it. and yeah. we don't recommend that. No. These are opinions only and we're sharing some of our personal experiences. But, but I will say crypto to the moon, um, not all crypto, not all these alt, alt shit coins. Bit, Bitcoin. Sh- Bitcoin. Bitcoin's going to a million. I 100% believe that. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think Ethereum's going to climb with it i think cardano bold cardano is a huge sleeper everybody that if you haven't bought a bunch of cardano stock up on that are are we supposed to take hot take are we supposed to uh state whether or not we hold positions in anything like that or is that only if we're financial advisors (laughs) what do you mean like if you're recommending someone i guess we didn't use the words recommend but as you were just saying like you're bullish on some of these yeah but do you have to state if you own some of those i do okay yeah then we're safe yeah. i think do you know what i'm talking about though yeah like you can't just be like oh go buy well, x y and z like I'm it's not, pump and dumb I'm, this is my opinion I'm just, you don't have to go buy it just to clear <laughs> hey just in case you know the yeah, sec yeah. or someone the my, irs is my opinion in. i'm not a financial person yeah. my opinion is that my opinion is I just I'm very pro certain cryptos. Okay. But I'm also like not a believer in a lot of these. Like I've never traded altcoins. The only altcoin, because I don't call I don't Cardano is an altcoin, but it's got a huge following, a huge base. I don't trade like anything that like you wouldn't be able to buy on Robinhood, really. At all. Oh, I was just about to ask. So you use Robinhood for your, all yeah, your I've crypto. I've used crypto.com too, mm. but I've never like I've never gotten into these smaller, like all these extra altcoins, never touched them. They're way too high risk for me. Don't know anything about them. Don't want to. I'm just a big believer in the, the core, the, the mainstream ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have a wallet? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm just a big, yeah, again, so I'm just a big believer in those, but again, I'm not telling anybody to go off the rails on this except for bitcoin <laughs> I just, i'd recommend that just kidding but 
I am a believer in Bitcoin, though. Um, I didn't want to guilt you in to anything over there, but... You're making me feel guilty. (laughs) We specified that we are not experts, so do things at your own I was noodling over here about being an expert. (laughs) Okay, so what what was I saying? Because now you made me feel bad. I'm so sorry that I've got you thinking about a different... Oh, Dogecoin. Yeah, what about Dogecoin? What a crock of shit that was. Yeah, well, sure. To each their own, and some people made a lot of money. I say we get off this topic of crypto. I mean, I know your passion. I am too, but I don't know enough to... I know enough have, to I know enough to be a little dangerous, but not like an expert. Right. And I don't want to be pushing something. And I don't want to be an expert on it. I, I want to know what I do know. Yeah. What I want to know and have happen is I want to have a crypto expert or an NFT expert on. Soon to come. Let's make it happen. Soon to come. Definitely. They'll cri- educate us and anyone else that's yes. listening. Yeah, we're not the experts. Yes. Let's let's do that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Drop the mic there. Let's talk about some other ways to um, save for uh, health expenses. I think you mentioned yes. HSAs. You want to lead with that? Spot on. I like that. Um, yeah, so honestly, this, this this thought occurred to me, Hayden. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine. and Well, it was two conversations that kind of like all formed together. But one of the conversations with a buddy of mine, I, and we were talking about uh, he was switching like health plans at work and he had a, um, he just had like a, a PPO, which is like a standard plan, PPO plan. Yep. Uh, and he's like, well, they offer like an HSA plan. Mm-hmm. Should I do it? I don't know much about it. And I was like, well, he's got one kid, he's got a wife, but they're young, they're super healthy mm-hmm. and they've got the means to do it. So I said, yeah, 100% you should. My belief in an HSA. Now, again, it's it's all relative. Mm-hmm. If you've got super high medical expenses, maybe probably not the best bet. Right, right. Yep. But but typically for younger, for if you're younger, it's a great way to put money away tax free because it's pre tax. Mm-hmm. So a health savings account allows you to actually put. So you can have your employer do it. Um, usually, that's that's pretty standard. If you work for somebody, the employer will actually put your a portion of your paycheck away yep. and your a health savings account is literally a bank account just for everybody listening. It is not, it's just a specific bank account. It can only be used for medical yes. expenses, yes. but it's, 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 you can get a health savings account through a lot of banks. I mean, you can go to most mainstream banks have some version of an HSA, but usually your company will handle it. Yep. Um, but you can put your, your money's put in pre-tax. So $50 is $50 and a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars in. So I believe for uh, they they raise they didn't raise it. It's thirty five hundred dollars a year for an individual, and it's seven thousand seventy seven thousand or seventy five. It sounds right. Yeah, and they for, increase those over time yeah, too. Yeah, uh, for a family a year, mm-hmm. and what you do is it's basically a trade off. So you're paying a lower um, premium, right? Healthcare mo- premium. Healthcare premium, mm-hmm. but you're get but you're you're basically getting. All, a lot of that money is being shifted and put in your health savings account. If you choose to do so, right? If you right? choose to do so, yeah. Right. So, Which if, makes sense. Sorry to cut in. If you're enrolled in HSA, like you'll have coverage, uh, but you say you go to the doctor, and, and this is stuff people don't know. They go, oh, well, they, I don't I don't have a PPO, so I have to... You're still, under, you're still covered under insurance. Your, your insurance company has negotiated lower rates for you, and then you use your HSA, the money you're putting in your HSA account... To make payments, so let's go to the doctor, and you have to get a, a, a checkup. All right, well, you you pay out of your health savings account for that checkup. You go to the pharmacy, and you have to get medicine. You pay out of your health savings account for that medicine, but it's all it's all pre tax dollars. So again, it's it's just a great way to I think uh, have lower monthly premiums for your saving for your health care, um, and also be putting money away tax free that you can use. Literally for whatever expenses you you have going on. Yeah. So that last part there, what you're saying is there's tax benefits. A ton of tax benefits to it. Yeah. And you can also invest that account money too. I did not know that. Yep. Ooh, I'm learning. At least that's what I'm doing with mine. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. I didn't know that. I don't know that much more. I'm not going to act like I know the ins and the outs, but yeah, I've got that money. And like you said, it's a, you can think of it as just like a separate bank account. But again, there are 
guidelines or stipulations for what that money can be used for. Right. It's strictly medical expenses. Medical expenses range from, yeah, buying over-the-counter medicine, um, you know, if you're going to PT, if you're going to, yeah, your doctor for just a checkup, et cetera. So there's a wide range, and there's an official list out there. Um, I don't know what the website is. But anyways, the chunk of money that's sitting in that account is also – some of it at least is being like invested and, and I'm making some money on top of that amount. If that makes sense. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know that. like what it's being. You don't know the I get it, but you know that that's happening. You just yeah. Don't... Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I Maybe, mean, there's so many different loopholes like and things. That it's the boat. I that. think the other thing to call out and you know, you and I are a little bit, uh, far out from this, but if you hit a certain age and I think it might be like that retirement age, I think you can end up taking that money and doing whatever you want with it. Now you might get taxed, but I think what yeah. I'm, if, oh, yeah. if let's, I'm going to use a random number. Let's say you had $10,000 in that account. Like you and I, if we went and used that to go buy a car, I think we're going to get penalized like heavily, but I don't know exactly all the details. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I don't know either. I just do. I do know that for for uh for younger younger people I just think it's a great way to a, avoid taxes so you get certain tax breaks and really you're putting the thing if you think about it like just math like just just using the dollars and cents you know typically like a dollar is really by the time it's all the funnel through all your taxes and everything it's like 70 cents, right? Roughly 70, 75 cents. Yeah. So you're making 25% more money. Now that's only going to be used on healthcare stuff, but that's 25% more. And that rolls over year over year. So if you put, let's say you put as a, as an individual, 3,500 in three years in a row, four years in a row, you max it out. Right. And maybe you've gone to the doctor here and there, but let's say you like, you break an ankle or something and you need to get surgery on it. Well, you've got all that money saved up to use on it like you literally like you've paid for that surgery already yeah the way that i look at it is it's like you're buying um a home where you actually get to like own and have something or you get to use it whereas maybe that's not the greatest analogy but with an hsa yeah you're paying towards that account um whatever amount that you want to just yeah. you know uh debit into uh each month and essentially yeah, you get to use that money when the time is right instead of paying like the standard, you know, or old school uh, PPO account mm -hmm. where if you're paying a ridiculous amount such as $500, uh, you may or may not fully like leverage, you know, the amount that you're paying versus an HSA, you're going to end up paying like a higher deductible if you end up having some health, you know, right. ish related issues. But again, the amount that you're distributing, that's the word that I was looking for, into that HSA account, like that is your money to use for those medical expenses. And that you get to fully, in my mind, get to like leverage or optimize. Well, and you hit and you hit a good point that I had mentioned too, is the deductible. So you still have a deductible on mm -hmm. an HSA plan. Yeah. It's a high it's a called an HHDP, which is a high it's a high something something deductible plan. Uh, or HHDP. I was reading about that the other day, actually. But you basically, once you get your deductible, at, with at least with my HSA, and I think this is pretty standard, everything is covered. So my deduct once I hit my deductible for my plan for the year, my everything is with 100% covered because you're paying for everything up until that point. Oh, yeah. Instead right. of the PPO, instead of with the PPO, it's con everything's being covered constantly, or majority of it, it's like 80%, 90%. You're paying more out of pocket for each visit. But that it's all going towards your deductible, and once you hit your deductible, then you're a hundred percent covered after that. I will. I know from my and, account, though. You're right. I was about to say. I think for some, it, it varies. It depends on the insurance and stuff. Exactly. They negotiate, you know, what those uh, plans need to be. But I know for my situation, yes, I also have an HSA. I'm going to go in to get a doctor's, uh, you know, physical or whatever. I'm still going to end up having like 80% of it covered or whatever it might be. And then I still have to pay, yeah, a small amount. Whereas if it, it's a PPO, more times than not, that would be covered 100%. Standard visit would be, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to use like an example with numbers where we're not saying, 
And maybe it is for some HSA plans where you're paying everything fully out of pocket until you hit your deductible. Some of that is offset based on the it, plan. That- it is, but again, like the insurance companies, like you said, they, they negotiate. They, yeah, right. They negotiate. I, example I had is we had my daughter. A simple example that we can we can kind of wrap this conversation with HSAs up. But yeah. I had switched to it. Uh, with my company, I started off as a PPO event originally mm-hmm. with my new company about a year, year and a half ago. I guess almost two years now. Um, and then I switched to it like six months in. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a waiting period or something. I don't know. I can't remember why I did it. But then I rolled over my cash for my other my, it, other HSA account into it. And they, when we, so anyways, going back to like the point I was making is we just had my second daughter in, in uh, September. And I've got the HSA, and her bills. She went into the uh, nursery for the first three days. So when she was born, she was covered by my wife, so she was considered like part of my wife because she was in her belly. Mm -hmm. So my wife's insurance covered her. Mm. As soon as she's born, any care like outside of that is considered on her insurance, where she's on my insurance, right? Interesting. Um. So she's now she's on the family plan. She was with she was just Amanda. As soon as she's born, now Blake's a real person. Now she's separate. Okay. Well, she was in the, like the nursery for like it was a little rough. Three days. Okay. Like with tubes and stuff hooked up. She had some breathing problems. Hmm. Want well, to guess how much the bill was? I don't want to know. <laughs> it, so a we lot. got nineteen thousand dollars. Yeah, nineteen thousand dollars. Guess how much I had to pay out of pocket? Yeah, it was like twenty seven hundred. Yeah. Because my deductible, I think, it was like thirty five hundred or something like that. I paid some of it down already, sure, um, for just visits and stuff like that. But that's the beauty for me of that. My and again, they're not all the same. But that was a situation, and where if I had a PPO, like that would not have been covered. There'd have been some. It, it might have been like thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars. But most PPOs wouldn't cover that kind of intensive care. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's it's. Again, it was a situation where literally it showed like we had our bill, then it showed what what was covered. Based, it was it was pretty awesome. It's like I'm glad I don't have to pay all that. That's awesome. You got to fully leverage that. I think the main takeaway here, and as you said, we'll we'll bounce to another topic is look into an HSA and see if it makes sense yes. for you. Uh, Cole and I have found it to be uh, very beneficial for numerous reasons, as we've described. Um, but yeah, let's, let's head over to another topic and then we can look to, uh, wrap things up for, for the night. I think you, you and I were talking about like, if I were to start over again, and maybe I could frame this up a little bit different, but you know, if I wanted to go back to college, if I wanted to start, a new company like what are the best ways to to begin like how do i make the right financial decisions and i'll kind of lead with some of my thoughts and i'll have you you jump in here like the advice or recommendation and i am practicing what i'm preaching here as we enter into this you know media universe and and podcasting here but go out and learn on your own Spend some time doing a lot of research. I mean, a lot of research, only you know what that means for you. But don't worry about having to spend, you know, buco bucks on, you know, the biggest courses. Uh, It's all right to, you know, move at your own pace. Um, But go out there, roll up your sleeves and immerse yourself in different types of, you know, whether they are online classes or YouTube videos, um, like learn on your own. Don't think you have to go to like a formal, again, institution, like a college where, oh, well, I want to become a social media manager coordinator. So I got to go spend, you know, thousands of dollars um, learning how to do that. And maybe you do, but I think there's other alternatives out there where you can get just as far or more out of life by just 
doing things uh, your own way and researching, meaning you're spending, you know, countless hours watching YouTube videos. There's plenty of great content out there that is free or at least a fraction of the price compared to, you know, paying, uh, you know, for a college degree and being a social media expert. Um, and I am ripping a little bit into, you know, the whole college, uh, experience. And I want to also mention that college is great. Don't want anyone to get me wrong with that, but it just depends on kind of what you're, you're doing. Like the whole entrepreneurship route. I think a lot of that is learn as you go. Like you learn <laughs> from experience, you know, kind Tra- of what some of our experiences that we've shared, um, over the course of some of these shows, but, Don't be afraid to go out and learn. Like never stop learning would be my advice. Start a small micro business um, or service, whatever the heck it it is, uh, learn from it. And even if you quote unquote fail, you'll learn a lot more most likely than going and learning something from a professor or out of a book. Like you got to go out and do something is what I would preach. So I love everything you just said. (laughs) I can't, uh, I, there's some tidbits I wanted to add to that, Hayden, because I think you hit on a, ve- a few very, very key points there is, you know, you, you mentioned being a, being a learner, being immersing yourself. And, and I think part of that convert that, you know, conversation, that, that idea that don't just throw a bunch of money at stuff. I think that's going to solve the problem. It's kind of what I got out of that, or it's not going to teach you. And I just want to I want to second that because I I mean we're living proof right now and I'm living proof that you don't have to have a lot of money to succeed in things a lot of this like at least right off the bat you know there's a lot of tools and resources out there that you can take advantage of mm-hmm. and teach yourself with and educate yourself before having to go put a dime into things and I and I you know what really gets under my skin sometimes I hear is. Well, I can't start a business because I don't have the money, or I can't do this because I don't have the money. Excuses. It just it 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 just ugh, it's like grinding in my ears because there are so many resources out there that are free, that are open source, that are that will educate you, that will get you so far before you need a dollar, before you need to spend any money. There are like. I mean, I could just name off 15 that we've used just for this podcast, just for unscripted exchanges. You know, you'd be like, man, you guys must be spending boatloads of money. No, we're spending money smart. We're doing some upgrades to the studio. We're buying some good equipment. But we're taking advantage of the resources that are out there. We're educating ourselves and immersing ourselves. So, again, not to be all about us. We're not perfect. We're not the best in the world. We think we're pretty awesome. Don't get me wrong. But but the point, I I guess, I'm seconding, I'm, I'm kind of, Agreeing with that and, and pushing the point home that if you want to start something, like don't let the money be a thing. We live in a, in a world, a day and age, where we have the most access to, and granted, depending on where you live and what part of the world you're in, and I mean, it, everybody's every situation is different, but generally speaking, you've got access right at your hand to how many resources just by typing in a search on Google. So again, don't use that as an excuse. I think that's just a great point to make um, that if you're thinking about something, get started and you don't have to dump a lot of money into it. I, I think the educational side of things, it, it's it kind of just coincides with that. Is like I 100% think that college can be great and can be beneficial. But just because you'll get a college degree doesn't mean you're going to be successful and doesn't mean you're going to be an expert. Just because you go get a marketing degree doesn't mean you're going to be good at marketing. Just because you go get a degree in accounting doesn't mean you're going to be phenomenal in accounting. I mean, you got to put more effort in than just that piece of it. So uh, whatever you're doing, get after it, stay after it and educate yourself. Don't overanalyze too much either. We're not saying like go down a wormhole, but if you're going to do something like, Take a stab at it. Do it at your own pace, maybe, to start off. Start dabbling in it. And maybe the more you get, the more interested you get, the more stuff you find out, you start getting those hashtag green lights. You start getting green lights and things going the right way. And uh, I think you can see a, a lot of different positive results. So I just wanted to, to add that. 
Here's twenty dollars for reinforcing my message. Thanks, You're Cole. Yeah. <laughs> no, I loved everything that you added on there. Um, yeah, we're living in the greatest age. Now you can pick apart, you know, well, we're really not because of X, Y, and Z, but the main point is you have all, maybe not all, but a lot of information at your disposal by just literally pulling up your phone and just starting to do some homework with just Google searches. Like how do I do X, Y, and Z? You know, you can literally learn as you go. Think back 10 years ago like it wasn't as easy to get the information that we can get just like this um and there's pros and cons to that don't get me wrong but again go out there learn never stop learning we both have you know new skill sets uh that we've added to our tool belt over the last you know three uh months as we've started up this venture here um, and we're only going to add to that. And that all just starts with our appetite to just be curious and want to learn new things. So we encourage anyone out there that's like, well, I want to start something, but I'm not sure I don't have the funds. Well, find a different avenue to get the information that you're looking for. You don't have to spend a whole bunch of money. Be smart with your money and how you're you know, paying for those online courses or tutorials. Don't worry about having to pay, again, a whole bunch of money to go to college if you're thinking of taking that entrepreneurial route. Now, there are times where it's all right to do that, but just recognize that maybe that's something that I don't need to do. Um, and the other thing that I'll add before we wrap up is if you have the option or luxury to live with your parents or you know roommates, live off campus and save money, do it because you're going to end up paying a ridiculous amount of money to live in college housing. And it's just asinine the amount of money that you're going to be paying for something to, yeah, just live in a probably rundown place that's only temporary. And you can save a whole bunch of money by, you know, living at home and not having to worry about living on campus. Now, sure, you might not have the full college experience, but College is just a blip on the radar. I got a hot take for you. Go for it. If you're a college kid and you and your mom and you don't have a job, you're a full time student, and your parents are helping pay, you know what you should do is make a deal with your parents. And if I get a less expensive place, I get the, I get to pocket the difference. Great idea. Yeah, and you can. I wish I'd have thought of that. I would have. Really... You can work on your negotiation skills too. You can see how that uh, goes over you with your your mom and dad. I love that. Well, hey. I say we wrap this one up. This was another great conversation or conversations around different aspects to financial literacy. We touched on stocks, cryptocurrency, which you and I are still learning more about, <laughs> um, some HSA stuff. And uh, yeah, lastly, we went into uh, just some takes on being a continual learner, uh, a little bit of college um and so forth but uh i'll let you sign off for us guys thank you so much uh for joining us again this has been a a fun incredible journey so far please continue to listen support uh give us feedback provide you know just some some information that would be useful whether it's you know you don't like the shirts we're wearing you don't like what we're talking about you do like what we're talking about you want to hear this uh we appreciate the engagement and the support and I just want to say thank you. We can't thank you enough for, for being on this journey with us. Stay tuned for uh, some exciting guests coming on. We will be dropping um, dropping dropping some content. We will be uh, releasing some new content and just trying different things to uh, help you guys engage with us, to, to add some light, some value, some motivation to your day. And we hope that you're getting a lot out of it and you're getting after it each and every day. So thank you very much. Thanks all. God bless. Bye.